Welcome to Get in the Ring with DJD Coops and Beast Mike on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yes, it is. It's time to get in the ring with DJ D. Cooks and Beast Mike. As you guys noticed, I've made a revision on the uh, get in the ring intro this week. Um, as on the normal intro that we've had for so many years. That's Beast Mike, by the way. Which Beast Mike is now included in the intro. Um, before because before I used to host. Hello, Yep, yep. Uh, on the intro we've had for so many years, I guess, I guess he, he changed it up. And mm-hmm. we have a very special guest with us from our own brethren, the Social Suplex, One Nation Radio's own, Rich DeLata. What's going on, y'all? Glad to be here. Finally, it's time to get in the ring. Yes. And a guest announcement we for got next so week. We're having the Umboy on. Josh Schmidt. For sure. So, from Strong Style. Keeping it Strong Style. My bad. There are so many shows on the network that it's hard to keep track of at this point. We have Ricky and... Rich, lists off the shows on the Social Suplex. All right, so Sundays, of course, we got One Nation Radio. We got Tuesdays, which is covered by Keeping It Strong Style. Wednesdays, Ricky and Clive. Every other Wednesday is, um, what the hell do they call it? <laughs> no, not, not All Things Elite. That's Saturday. Grown men watch this shit. It's every other Wednesday. Um, <laughs> Thursday is getting the ring, or Friday. Sometimes you gotta switch it up, and then I all things. Are... Whenever I get it out. <laughs> yep, pretty much. So that's what we got. Yeah, so so we are we are looking to grow our network, but but that more to come on that in future episodes. Mm-hmm. As, yep. as I leave people with a cliffhanger. But this week on Get in the Ring, we are covering Raw, Smack, not SmackDown. We covered SmackDown and then this past week SmackDown on Sunday's episode of Get in the Ring. Raw, mm-hmm. NXT, Power Struggle, and Dynamite. Um, plus, we'll preview Full Gear and and take a brief look at the Wrestle Kingdom card um, as it is for this upcoming January because they made some announcements and they made the World Tag League announcement so we'll be react reacting to that as well. So we do this in chronological order, so that means power struggles first. Because power struggle was Sunday morning. Um I didn't get to it till Mondays. So, I mean Monday morning. Was it Monday morning, Rich? Uh, I want to say it was a Monday morning. 
November 3rd, so we're talking... Um, yeah, that should be Monday morning, yeah. Monday, Monday morning. And we had... Power Struggle was a very good show. If it had a classic, it would be a show of the year contender, in my opinion. Mm. But the only thing it lacked was that classic. Rich, would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, listening to Keeping Strong Style and everything that I'm gathering how the, on the reception of the show was like, Power Struggle probably came off even a little better than King of Pro Wrestling this year. And uh, just looking at it, you know, as you mentioned, like, you, you always want a classic, but sometimes you don't get it. Other times you just get, like, a couple really good matches at the top and then, you know, setting up uh, big things like uh, Hiromu's return and, uh, you know, the Chris Jericho angle with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And sometimes that stuff is enough to supplement uh, what may lack in the classic match department because Russell King was coming. So Power Struggle, the last couple of years, has been uh, the home for, you know, hot angles to really, like, lock things up. Right. Right, and that's... It's like the go-home... If Will Tag leads the go-home wrong, then... Um, not not Will Tag... What am I thinking? Like, Will Tag League final sucks. <laughs> but... But if... If King of Pro yeah, I mean, was, um, I'm trying to make a comparison in my head. Um, if if King of Pro Wrestling is the pay per view before WrestleMania, then Power Struggle was really the Raw before. But but in this case, the Raw superseded the pay per view. Um, but we'll go through the card quickly. Boldor Jr., Teton, TJP, and Clark Connors defeat Jushin Liger, Tiger Mask, Raisuke Taguchi, and Yuya Yuramura. Um, TJP hits the detonation kick. And what? how much of the Super Junior Tag League had you watched, Rich? I didn't catch much, but I heard a lot of great things about Birds of Prey. Of course, Osprey and Eagles. Osprey is continuing his uh a year, um, you know, being the tournament killer is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, that's what I heard, too. I watched a couple of the Birds of Prey matches, and they didn't disappoint, obviously. Um, but, Osprey's God right now. Um, we have to get that out of the way. <laughs> this is a pro Will Osprey show. Yeah, we've been pretty much Will Ospreay stands for a while now, but it's but especially this year for both of us. Yeah, I don't know how you can say a bad word about this guy, uh, the way he's wrestled this year. Like, and it, you know, he's he's he should be the the stone cold lock for um, you know most outstanding performer this year. Yes. Yep, we we've championed that cause. Yes, we we firmly believe that. Hell, if he hadn't got hurt last year and before Kenny ran him down, he was looking like, you know, that guy up until, like, May. Um, You're right, actually. Sure was. Um, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo defeat Rocky Romero and Robbie Eagles. And I saw the Romero-Taguchi versus Birds of Prey match. That match was fucking awesome. Just a side note on that. But this match was very good. Robbie Eagles and Rock, 
Rocky Romero's a top 50 wrestler this year. Mm. Um, because his performance is in the best of Super Juniors and in the Super Tag Junior Tag League. Um, but an Elvin also Rocky Romero Social Suplex uh, Podcast Network alumni. Check it out Ooh. on Keeping Strong Style. The yep. word. Yup. Social Suplex Podcast Network alumni Rocky Romero. Um, top fifty wrestler in the world right now. Um. And he's always consistent, too. Like, there's nothing bad you can say about Rocky Romero. <laughs> um, and Robbie Eagles is Robbie Eagles. Phantasmo is good, and Ishimori's good, you know. Um, Bloody Cross, CR2, finish off Romero. There. Evil Sonata and... Evil Sonata and Shingo versus Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, and Lance Archer. Sonata would win... Um, with a cradle. This was a good tag. That's all I can say. Undercard New Japan tag. Ah, I was expecting Rich to come in with dead air, but he doesn't have to say he wants it. I do. I'm on fire tonight, man. Yep. Can't be stopped. Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada and Yoshihashi. Oh, uh, this was really good. Um, High Fly Flow finishes it off on Yoshihashi because why not? Yoshihashi was the obvious pen eater here. Yep, yep. There was and... a job to be done, and there was someone to be beat, and, you know, Yoshihashi <laughs> specializes in, in such, uh, you know, in, in such activity. As my friend Damon from... You know where I'm going with this. From New Japan Purecast, I've met him before. Um, during, like, all the New Japan Ring of Honor shit, and, and the New Japan... I just saw him. Yoshihashi is a bag of socks. <laughs> Let that sink in. Um, post-match, we got a video mocking Tanahashi from Chris Jericho. He challenges mm-hmm. Tanahashi for January 5th, and it's official for January. Tetsuya Naito versus Taichi. This was really good. Um, um, they were countering their finishers, and then Naito finally counters the Black Matsumoto, and then hits the short Destino for the win. Um, this was really good. Um, Naito brings out the best in Taichi. Hmm. Um, I would, really- I, I would say, yeah, okay, yeah, you you can say that. I I, I think Ishii brings out a higher level in Taichu, but that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, both bring out good things in Taichu. Did you enjoy the match? Yeah, it was cool. Um, Super Junior Attack League Final, Punky 3K defeats Suzuki Gun. Shock Hour is counter, but Yo finishes off with when 3K. Yo returns and has the 3K to finish it. Um, this was just good Southern Tag, you know. That's all you can really say, honestly. Like with New Japan, here's the thing: you can say it's good, 
and like praise it, praise it, praise it, but it gets tiring to praise it sometimes. Mm. You know, with you gotta separate good from great. Is what you're saying for New Japan? Yeah, because you could say it's so good, um, but when they really hit, it's really hit. It's a good problem to have. It's not like a bad problem to have. Yeah, no. Um, an embarrassment of riches, if you will. That, that's what it, yeah, That's probably the best way to describe it. Like everything on New Japan is at least good, so it's gonna take something really great to to um to be really be noteworthy. Yeah. So Kenta and Big Tom Ishii. And Kenta defeated Big Tom Ishii. Um, dropped the knee pad, hit another go to sleep. Um, this is everything you wanted out of Kenta versus Ishii. Two dudes beating each other up and defense being optional. Yes, very much so. That's what it sounds like. It was a guy. Traditional, traditional never title match. Um, you know, and, you know, I'm kind of, kind of sad to see, uh, Ishii kind of left out in the cold. As uh, great as he's been this year, I, I don't have a clue what he's doing for Wrestle Kingdom. What do you guys think he's doing? Hmm. Who's he tagging with in Tag League? I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, that is a good point about Ishii. She does deserve a dance No, he's tagging for, with for the back of socks. <laughs> he's arguing hmm. with that. He's probably going to be in the Rambo, which is sad. No. Oh, he probably deserves. He deserves better. Deserves better. Yeah, yeah that, that that's been a real sore spot for me with uh, New Japan. Uh, is, is, is what's happened with with Ishii? That man was so great during the G One, so great during the New yeah. Japan, and maybe he'll maybe he'll end up being a contender. Uh, you know, early next year. Well, Osprey versus Bushi, this was great, obviously, because it's Will fucking Osprey. Mm-hmm. Um, another four and a half star match. It's almost getting tiring to say this is a good <laughs> Will Osprey match. It's like embarrassment of riches at this point. But, but it's like he's so good that you're almost numb to it. It's the same thing with Nutri. Yeah, I, I liked um, him taking the mist. I thought that was a pretty funny spot. Uh, spinning it back in Bushi's face, giving him a taste nice. of his own medicine, yeah. blinding him. Maybe you gentlemen had mist spit in your face before. I can't say that I have. <laughs> I know I haven't. Uh, it, it sounds like it would be damaging. Yeah, yeah, no, that that would probably be a very painful thing to have. Early yep. on in the misting concept, they have different color mists, like the green mist and the red mist, and each mist would do something different. The concept. That's hilarious. I forgot what red did. I for, I forget what they did, but you know. I I would have thought red would burn your eyes, and green would be like disorienting or something. Wow, Derek Carker. Something like that, movie. actually. You're not far off. But Hiromu fucking Takahashi video runs. He'll be back in 62 days. January 4th. Hiromu is here. Ooh. And holy fuck. Hiromu does not give two fucks about working safe. But let's, <laughs> let's just put it out there. <laughs> Hiromu gives no fucks. 
He's coming back so with a broken fucking neck, and he's like, I'm going to be the same maniac that got me here. Basically, you've learned, learned, basically you've learned nothing, but we respect that you've learned nothing. Yes. Yeah, um, I can't say that I'm surprised. I didn't expect Hiromu Takahashi to change a goddamn thing. Um, I'm happy that he's not. Like, if he wants to wrestle that way, that's up to him. I'm not the safety police. Uh, I'm not about to try to regulate this dude. Uh, just give us the fire, and we'll enjoy it for as long as, you know, he holds up. As long up. as we can, yeah, as long as his body allows it. Him and Well are going to be fucking insane. That's probably going to be the best match of Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Be the hard, yeah, it might be the hardest match of the, of the whole card, yeah. Of the yeah, two I, cards. Um, I, I, would like, I would like them to get, you know, like 20, 21 to like 26 minutes. Yeah, that seems about right. Use the first use the first five minutes or so to get Haromu right, to kind of get him back up to speed, and then basically oh, from the six-minute mark, right, from, from the six-minute mark on to the rest of the match, just, it's a demolition derby. You know Hiromu Takahashi is going to be minute one. <laughs> he probably will. He'll probably go 100 miles an hour from from opening bell. I just hope they like they ease him into it and then go 100 miles an hour. It's like it's like shifting gears on the roadway. Yep. Type of deal. Jay White defeated Hiroki Goto. It was another character match, but still very good. Um, it went a little long, in my opinion. Um. Hawaii hits the Blade Runner, obviously, for the win. And then they did the shittiest, like, post-Raw angle to set up the tournament. And then Okada, at the press conference, was like, ha, 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 ha. Fuck this. Fuck the IC title. Like, the yeah, they, it was kind of underwhelming. It was, it was kind of underwhelming how they set it up. And I don't know. They, you know, looking at the performances of, like, three of the guys and Abushi, Okada, and White, like, they've been winning their matches. They've been, you know, impressing and, you know, doing everything. But Naito was just like, they, they I, th- I feel like they try to get too cute with it, and it just feels like, I don't know, maybe in Japan it's a different story where he's hotter than the sun and all that, but it just feels like they've set this thing up in such a convoluted way. Where they could have just, like, just did the fucking took the, they, they could have just took the straight line of you know hey how about Naito wins the G one and and keep and mm. also um, you know he could have kept the IC belt the whole year you know and and really built it up now like I don't even know why anyone would care about being a double champion because it's not like both belts have been like super protected like that they both changed a bunch of times this past year so it just feels like. You know, the timing is off for this. I I agree. I sort of agree with that, but at the same time, like, they felt like you can defend this, but you can at the same time. Look, it'll be great. I Like, it's gonna, like, it's Russell Cannon. Like, whatever they do is probably gonna work out well, but... You know, when we're talking about buzz, buzz isn't the same thing as a result. So uh, we can only go on how it feels at the moment. But you know, hopefully they uh, a one day build. It's probably going to be Okada Naito. They should. Oh yeah. How many tickets a one day build can sell? You know. Yeah, I I think they um they're very ambitious with this one. Yeah. 
Oh, here's World Tag League. Ishii is teaming with Yoshihashi, by the Yoshihashi. way. Yoshihashi. The back of socks. Yep. No chance in them winning. Well, I don't even like Ishii staying that close to Yoshihashi. Like, Yoshihashi, <laughs> like, that stink might just try to rub off on Ishii. But luckily, Ishii is such a real man. He'll just repel all that stuff. Yeah. I shook some of your Ishii's man hand. Yes. I have a picture with with Ishii, and it was was quite amazing to see how tall he was not. He's very short. Mm. Not very, but you know what I mean. Probably the winner of the World Tag League is either going to be Evil and Sonata or fucking... um, Who... uh, and or Tom and Tonga and Tangaloa and somebody's gonna challenge them. Because I don't see any of these other fucking teams winning. Um the other teams are Tomohiro Ishii and the Bag of Socks. Um Toriano and Cole Cabana, Jeff Cobb and Mikey Nichols, Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi, Juice Robinson and Oh, Juice Robinson and David Finlay. Yeah, I can see Juice Robinson and David Finley. Mm, that's, that's a good team. Great Bash Heel, Tomaki Hama and, and, and Togi Makabe, Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, Kenta, Yujiro Takahashi, um, Kiyori Yoshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, Tanari and Tanahashi, Nagata Nakanishi, Goto, Fredericks, Badlock Fale, Chase Owens, and Shingo Takagi and Terrible. Have you seen Terrible? I haven't seen him on CMLL. I've seen him on CMLL once. I think he's just a guy. Yeah, he's not Rush. And that was basically the reaction to it online. Was, he's not Rush. (laughs) (laughs) Because I looked over it. So, we'll look at the Wrestle Kingdom cards as they stand right now. Night 1, January 4th, is Kota Ibushi versus Kazuchika Okada. Jay White versus Naito. Not only do the winners face off for the two ballots, but the losers will face off in a special singles match. So, we're probably going to get a Bushi White. Mm. Night 2. Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi and the Jushin Liger... Um, retirement match one, the eight-man tag, not the single, with Liger, Fujinami, Sasuke, and Tiger Mask with El Samurai cornering them versus Naoki Sano, Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuko Takiawa, and Raisuke Taguchi with Kuniaki Kobayashi. Who, who the fuck's facing Liger? Yo, that's like real that's mystery right question. now. Like, yeah, really. That's the real it's like, mystery. It's, it's like you I see all the people fantastic. that are coming off the board. You see all the people that are coming off the board, and it's like, are they gonna do Phantasma? Like, it's like, oh, that would be like. I know a lot of people would be upset with that. Like, I, I think Josh would be furious with that, right? Unless if he's wrestling twice. Right. Like, yeah, they. Like, the more people come off the board, the more confusing it gets. 
Yeah. Ideally, who would you guys want to see uh, Liger face? I'm going to be realistic about it. And he said he's somebody. it's somebody he's never faced in a single. Mm. Am I correct on that one? I think he said he wants to face someone that he's never faced before. Never faced before. Yeah. All right. Um, like it, for me, it would have been it would have been Hiromu Takahashi. So I'm not sure. They could still do it. Have Hiromu win and him put up the belt. Night two. But that tips off. New Japan never tips off. Shingo. Hmm. Shingo would be interesting. You know he's a heavyweight. I don't think they've crossed paths. Shingo Takagi. That I mean, it would be good. I just don't know how Shingo fits there. Um, Looking at the juniors, he's faced every shoot. junior. Yeah, every junior. Uh, like, Tiger Mask? Like, I don't know. <laughs> what the, That's what the, the total opposite. opposite. Uh, yeah. So, we don't have an idea. Yeah, Somebody no can idea. DM us with the idea? Tomohiro Ishii, fuck it. <laughs> that would be fucking good. Have Keishin Liger come out. Are you there for Suzuki? But but New, New Japan's interesting, um, as they are moving towards Wrestle Kingdom, the World Tag League. Doesn't that start in like ten days? Someone look up the uh, exact start date. Yeah, and we got Tanahashi Jericho. Yeah. In which I'll use all that World Tag League because there's probably going to be no matches that are going to sniff four stars to catch up on other wrestling. <laughs> so we move on to Monday Night Raw. And Beast Mike gets to talk now. Now Raw, obviously playing off of last week's SmackDown where it was basically an NXT invasion. Uh, basically NXT invaded and took over SmackDown. So Raw kind of followed up, and I think what's what's been really good about it is that Raw has been highly, Raw has been really good at doing that lately. They, they've been, Raw and NXT and uh, SmackDown have been really good at building up Survivor Series and building up how they, how we got here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, From the clips I saw from Raw, it was pretty good. But first, mm-hmm. we have to talk but about Raw Raw's speeches and Seth <laughs> Rollins and Dave Meltzer. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rollins continues to Rich get is, Rich, is, Rich is, like, chalking his lips right now because which, which, who has the uh, Seth Rollins apology tour? group <laughs> chat. <laughs> I think I think that's Rob, if I'm not mistaken. Rollins, Rollins keeps putting himself in the, right into the fire. He yeah, man. Served Dave Meltzer because let's be fair about it. 
But still, rah-rah speeches, really? Hashtag rah-rah? Fuck the fuck yeah. off. I, I mean, it's it's amazing how quick, like, some of these folks in WWE will go at, like, Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, when and he has, like... Berman, of course. Like it's like they get trigger happy, and all it takes is one of them to go jump out the window, and then all of a sudden they all get this courage uh, to start like sizing them. And you know, I, I guess this is their way to, to fight back at Dave, who they, you know, they claim doesn't have this power, and then they actually, you know, shed light on him and mm-hmm. forget that he's actually on their network, like in their documentaries and stuff. So, you know, when they talk about him not being credible, it just all kind of like. Falls yeah, and you know, good on Dave for actually like doing something that people don't tend to do, like when they feel like you know either they're wrong or they need to apologize. And he apologized yeah. to Seth, so that that was big of Dave to do that because there are a lot of people that wouldn't in that situation. But um, you know, Dave is committed to being you know as accurate as possible. You know, and, you know, the banter that comes out of it, like, you know, from Seth Rollins, someone who's been so bad on Twitter this year that it's made Will Ospreay look, you know, charming, essentially. It's, uh, you know, it's to be expected from him. At how this old is Seth? I'm going to look at how old Seth Rollins. Will Ospreay 30. is 26. So, yeah. he, he can be Seth was like 33 or something. How old is Seth? Seth's 33. He's 33, okay. He's 33. He should know better. He does have to be smarter. Seth's got to pick and choose his fights a, a whole lot better than what he what he's been doing. I will say that's definitely true. And I, and I think he's feeling that pressure. He's in that WWE bubble where right. like they finally gave me the chance. I'm gonna show him that I could be the man. And I think he you know it fell more he's trying, on his face. I, I think he, I think he's trying to be. I think he's trying too hard to be the ambassador. He doesn't have to do that. Like he doesn't have to try to like put everything on his shoulders. He, he can. There's some fights that he can choose to fall back from. He just doesn't do it. And my thing, and I'm gonna touch on the ombudsman thing, like with Dave. Like people are so obsessed with Dave, and, mm-hmm. and like he he can be inaccurate um, with his sources and shit like that. But to police everything the man says. Oh yeah, those people are weirdos. Like those people are weirdos. <laughs> that's that's there's some stands. They're just muster stands. That's all. That's all there is. Like they, they gotta like search everything to a fine tooth comb. Like y'all trying too hard. Like they shit. Like you, you, you know it came out that VCR Berman and uh uh fucking the Meltzer says what Twitter are the same person. <laughs> Good God. Oh wow. I, I try not to give those goofs uh, too much shine. So, no, I, I, I John Carroll, um, my good friend from wrestling. Shout out, to John. Omikaze, I saw a tweet from him that said that, and I'm like, no shit, really. But, but enough about the ombudsman. All right. And, and why call yourself an ombudsman of anything? That's actually a really good question. Why, why, do you, why do you want that kind of nickname? That's actually a pretty good question right there. And why do you want to investigate everything a person has done? People but, try. People, there's some people who try too hard. Yeah. And, and, and that's obviously the case here. Like, sometimes... And I know the other journalists even pile on Dave, but... Yeah. 
But, like, Sean Ross Sapp, he's a good friend of mine, so I can say that. But they pile on Dave, too, but they are more justified because they report. And they are accurate. They're accurate as they can be. Except for Ryan Sand. Go fuck yourself, Ryan Sand, for taking a job with WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's so funny. Like, <laughs> like, they're planning like, secret, fake like. stories to go on their fake TV show. Like, it's so ridiculous. It, it's like, it's like Inception. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At least when Helani was with UFC, he was reporting real shit. Right. You know, what What are, what are they going to talk about, you know, uh, Jordan Miles on uh, WWE backstage or Corey Graves after the bell yeah. or something, so, something controversial? Didn't that stop after one episode? <laughs> I I think they're on the second episode of the, of the Graves thing. That's going to fail. I, I, the new I, podcast. I, I, yeah, I would. I wouldn't even dare try to listen to that because I, I would be like, "Yo, this is propaganda. I'm good." But, but beats Mike back to all. Sorry, I sidetracked right. for a little bit. No, but. it's fine. It, it probably needed to be talked about anyway. But, uh, but uh, let, let's get into it. So, what yeah. actually started with Brock Lesnar resuming what he was trying to do after he quit SmackDown, and apparently. Allegedly, this is the other half of that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross trade. Allegedly, that sent them to SmackDown. So, in exchange, Brock goes to Raw. And Lesnar probably was looking for Rey Mysterio. He was asking everybody at the commentary booth, where's Rey at? Where's Rey Mysterio? So, instead, Brock Lesnar ends up spazzing at the commentary and drops the... Drops a new dude with the uh, he drops dude with the F five through the table, only for Rey Mysterio to run up on him and hit him with the lead pipe and, and basically try to take out his kneecaps uh, with the lead pipe. So Rey Mysterio with a, with another ambush of Brock Lesnar. What a shitty trade, by the way. Yeah, no, it's a terrible trade. And not to mention the fact Alexa Bliss is hurt, and, and, and we don't know when Alexa will come back, but Alexa Bliss is actually hurt now, so. Yeah, it, still, it, it, was, it wasn't even her. It's still a shitty trade. It's, it's still a terrible trade. Yes. Yeah, like that. That that wouldn't be cl- like. There's no one in their right mind that would like do that trade, right? No. No, not not that. No. Not at like, all. Like you have to be on strong drugs. <laughs> probably, probably bliss stands, but like, like you, like you got to be on fentanyl, like. <laughs> <laughs> but. Who are worse, Bliss stands or Sasha Banks stands? Man, I don't know, man. Like, like, so I think the Bliss, like, stands are delusional, right? Like, as far as, like, talking about, like, how good Alexa Bliss is, I think the Mm -hmm. Sasha fans are more aggressive, though. Like, if any type of perceived slight, you know, I I tend to be a Sasha Banks fan, but, like, I don't do that stand stuff as far as, like, Changing your avatar to the Sasha Banks yeah. and tracking the hairstyles and all that, and, and and being in people's mentions like you know giving them death threats. But uh, her fans are more aggressive, but the Bliss fans are more delusional. Imagine, That's probably about right. I know we're not on the scale of voices of wrestling, but imagine being voices of wrestling and having to deal with that shit on a daily basis. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that's something that don't wrong. sound fun. No, no. that would like, be pretty bad. Like I, I give a lot of credit to Rich and Joe for even putting up with half the shit they put up with. Yeah, so that's so let, Rey Mysterio basically challenged Brock uh, for WWE Championship matches, Survivor Series, and Lesnar accepted. So they're, they're gonna have the brawl. They're gonna have the battle in Chicago. So we're not gonna see. The traditional WWE Championship, or the now becoming traditional, WWE Championship versus Universal Championship uh, situation, obviously because Brock's going to be defending his title against Rey Mysterio at Survivor Series. I like the way they're building this. I like the way that they constantly built this with Rey Mysterio, with, with kind of these ambushes and attacks uh, of each other, and Rey Mysterio getting the drop on Brock and back-to-back uh, exchanges. So I, I like all the they're building this Yeah, up. I like the build on um, my... Thing is, they're sort of making Ray a heel. Um, a little bit. But it's not going to be perceived that way, obviously, because... Um, um, because um, Ray is so beloved. But at the same time, like, all this, like... I'm happy that they're not doing, like, a triple threat, you know? But... This, this is probably better than what would have been Lesnar, Cole, and Fiend. Probably better than that. Cause I don't know how you build that. I, I don't know how you possibly build that. So I'm, I'm good as if they're going this route. And what the fuck does Seth Rollins do? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, with the Fiend on... Uh... Yeah, well, they no, should just I'm, give they're, him they're, the ball. They're probably going to have, have, have Seth captain a team of Survivor Series or something. I, I would oh, imagine. man. I, I'd imagine... Well, what else are you going to do with him? Yeah, you're right. You, 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 can't put, <laughs> you can't put him on SmackDown. You're right. They're, they're going to make him Team he's Captain gonna to, Raw. He's going to Team Captain Raw. He's going to have to. Oh, he's, man. He's, they, got nowhere, they got nowhere else to put him. They, they put him in a, There's nowhere to go. You can't have him fight Brock, and, and you can't have him fight Bray because he's on SmackDown. So there's nowhere to go but have him Captain Team Raw. You, you probably have... Yeah, you probably have him Captain Team Raw. You probably put OC, all three members of OC with him. And maybe some other, maybe one other person, and they have SmackDown have a team and NXT have a team, and you probably go we'll go with the triple threat five one five one five situation. Which, yeah, that's which, crazy. Unless, it's, unless it's just all brawl, it, it, it could be a giant mess. But we'll see how they do it. The next, the first actual match of the evening was Natty and Natalia and Flair versus Kabuki Warriors. Good match. A good match. I, 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 and it's interesting seeing that Natalia and Charlotte as a team, considering all the fights they've had against each other. But since they, keep, since they have so much respect for each other, I, I guess it, that would make a whole lot of sense. Ultimately, it was the... It was Flair and Natalia getting it done against the Kabuki Warriors. So, it was a good look there. It was a good job there. It was the sharpshooter... That actually made Oscar tap out. Uh, so very impressive uh, by Natalia to make Oscar tap. It's a good match, and this screams those two are going to fight the Kabuki Warriors for the tag titles at some point soon. You'd have to think. Yeah. Yeah. You you would think so, and you know that's the first time Charlotte really has a, uh, you know, she's away from the world title picture, so you know, mm-hmm. they they like giving her a belt at at, at any time they can. What? Oh. And this is the one. This is the only one she hasn't had. So, 
Uh, just just throw her in the tag match, the tag situation. Why not? I guess. <laughs> Next up, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. Two guys who have continuously fought each other. They seem like they're gonna fight forever. Their matches are incredibly entertaining when they do. So, another one of those uh, matches between Cedric and Buddy. Ultimately, it is Murphy who gets it done with Murphy's Law once again against Cedric Alexander. But this has been another one of those really, really good rivalries that they've kind of slow slow played for a long time now. Remember the Cedric Alexander push that we all heard about this summer? Yep. When we we had those really good fights with Drew McIntyre? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just checking. (laughs) You know, I I, I, was... you know, I, I was told you know stardom was, was was in Cedric's future, but I was lied to apparently. Yeah, I think we've all been had there. I think I mean yeah. not not that pushing Buddy's a bad thing because Buddy Murphy legitimately yeah, Buddy's awesome. I think Buddy should legitimately be pushed. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I was so expecting Cedric to like jump into the U.S. title picture and, and kind of be like the the foil, the main foil for AJ, but they really have not gone that route. They have really not gone that route. Right. Good win for Buddy. Good win for Buddy, though. Um, next up, this is this is the part where Rollins cuts in. The Rollins part of the show, and as the Rollins has been trying to, obviously he can't come after Bray. Obviously he can't come after Brock. His hands are his hands are completely tied. It, it, it's it, he he believes that his whole year has been a waste because Brock is going to be champion again. And then Triple H then promptly says, "Hmm, what if you go to NXT?" Why not try to Why not try to NXT as as a run again? So then he put over Adam. So Triple H comes out and puts over Adam Cole's win over Daniel Bryan, which was a really good match last week on SmackDown. And now he's like, wait a minute, why don't Seth join NXT? It kind of rekindled the flame that he had when he was the OG and NXT champion. The OCs, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, came to the scene and chased off an undisputed era that was already at ringside preparing to what everyone seemed like they would jump AJ Styles uh, jump Seth Rollins instead this was a trap by undisputed era Dominic Dijakovic and Damian Priest came out of the crowd and it basically became 6 on 2 or 6 on uh, six on 3 until some of the Raw roster chased them off but this is a good segment continuing to build the invasion angles that, that the tri-branded fight and these three brands are going to keep going on, and there's obviously more to this later. I love how they're building this. Yes. Love, love how they're building this here. Next up, uh, we see we had Sincara and Carolina versus Andrade and Selena. As Andrade and Selena get it done, but this, this is a decent match. Nothing super special here. But I, the part of this was uh, was Vega and Carolina doing their thing, but it was obviously was uh, Vega getting the pin with a basement run and to get, to get it done. But it was a good match. It's nothing too special, but a solid match. No thoughts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and from a, from a match that was, okay, whatever, we're just going to fill some time to a storyline that I don't think anyone likes with, with this whole Rusev, Lana, Lashley thing. Yeah. I don't think any of us really like it at all. Yeah, I'm a theory. I think I think Bobby Lashley's gimmick is that he's Jack Johnson and he's bringing Lana across state lines to have sex with her. <laughs> they really, they really went with a torn groin injury storyline for Raw. I, I can't believe they went that route. 
which obviously wasn't an injury. At least it's not a decent match between Rusev and Drew McIntyre until Lashley got involved with the crush and Randy Orton went to an RKO and Randy Orton jumped in and Ricochet got involved. And at least until the involvement, the match itself was actually halfway decent. But again, this is a storyline that probably needs to go away quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes. The OC defeated Street Profits and Humberto Carrillo. Yep. Uh, AJ, let's face it, AJ cheated. He did a pop-up powerbomb and then pinned Carrillo using the ropes as, as a Yuki's feet on the ropes. This was an interesting part of Raw. The Becky Baszler part, where obviously both didn't want to overlook Bailey, but it's obvious that these two are gunning for each other. And I love the sit-down interview between the two of them. I thought it was highly entertaining to see those two kind of go face-to-face and not go to blows. Because we know that time is coming when they're going to throw hands before Survivor Series, when those two and Bailey are in a triple threat match. This was a really good segment. I really, I really enjoyed this. It's, isn't it ironic that every time Becky has like a match we really want to see, there's always somebody else in it that's like, that's <laughs> so it ends up like a triple threat. Yo, that's such a good point. <laughs> right, right. The WrestleMania one, where, where we were like, okay, Ronda versus Becky, we we need to see that, and Charlotte shows up. And oh, like Shayna versus Becky. Yeah, we need to see that. And Bailey's here. Yep, no, totally good. Totally true. 100%. 100% Maybe. true. You know, talked about Street Profits and Korea versus OC. We talked about that. Viking Raiders destroyed two poor victims. Nothing more needs to, need to be said there. Now we get to the good stuff of Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole. Not as good as, Ron, as Cole versus Bryant, but a good match. That ultimately got interrupted by the Undisputed Era interfering with what looked like Rollins could have won the NXT Championship again. This turned into an all-out brawl and all-out mayhem to close the show with Keith Lee doing amazing things and Ricochet doing amazing things and Raw closing with an NXT versus Raw invasion angle. All in all, a pretty good Raw. Things were, when, when things really needed to work, they mostly did. That segment probably was Becky and Baszler. Of the, the closing segment on Raw was also pretty productive. So, all in all, pretty decent Raw. We move on to AEW versus NXT. Um, viewers, only a 9,000 viewer gap. 822 to 813. I think what we both, what we were kind of learning so far is that this whole invasion angle of Raw of Raw and NXT is really working. And I'm just waiting for SmackDown to get involved in this and, and kind of SmackDown to invade Raw and SmackDown to invade NXT next week. I'm kind of waiting for SmackDown to get in on this, too. Yeah, the um, the invasion angle seems to be, like, catching some traction and pulling some of the um, normal WWE watchers into NXT because, you know, let's face it, like, you know, NXT had been dropping consistently no matter how good the show was. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, getting that Raw and SmackDown, like, you know, those guys in there, you know, is going to do nothing but help them. Um, and that's not something AEW really has a counter for. Like, you can't, you know, compete against a, um, I won't say you can't compete against it, but you don't have something, you know, that kind of unique. You don't have a hook like this, no. Yeah, you don't have a, like, in, you know, this is a Survivor Series program, so it's only going to last for so much longer. But I think WWE is going to see that this worked, and they're going to they're going to go to the well on this. Uh, like that time that uh, like, I want to say two, a month last. or two ago, 
yeah, like two or three months ago, uh, or maybe a month and a half ago, uh, uh, Flair and Hogan popped a, a quarter hour, right? And they ran that into the ground until Flair and Hogan were like losing viewers um, in there. But I think AEW was spectacular this week, you know, as far as a go home show. Yeah. AEW did their thing, and they absolutely had the best segment of the week between the two shows. So how do you want to do this, D. Kooks? Do you want to go with one show and then the other, or do you want to go alternate like we like we usually do? Let's go one show and then the other because okay, because I think the way we've been doing it may have confused people, you know. But hmm. I don't think so. But you know how I feel. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's kick it with NXT first. No, NXT, AEW first. Oh, <laughs> AEW first. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. Can the bastard. Pack. It's Pack, not Pac. Um, <laughs> versus Trent. Really good TV match. Hot opener. Brutalizer. Black Arrow finishes it. Um, the, Trent got um, some good shine. He did. He, he did. And the Cody promo was fucking outstanding. Just destroyed them. Um, just destroyed the segment. Like it felt special. It felt like it was a moment. It felt real passionate. It felt like this guy has arrived. And I'm not even a like big Cody fan like that. But he had me like you know rooting for him like to do so well like at the top of my lungs. Like I was so happy just to hear him you know put together that level of like that unscripted you know mastering of the room and you know knowing your audience and him coming into his own as like a main event wrestler and i i'm only happy that AEW exists for him to be able to do that i i found it to be like i was on every word with it too i was i was all for it it was i was not expecting that kind of heat from cody uh, that kind of like it was genuine genuine raw emotion from him, and you, you can feel it, yeah, you can feel it was real, you can feel every word that Cody was saying was true, like, I knew Jericho's dad played for the New York Rangers, I knew that, I just didn't yeah. think it would come up with a storyline, I, I didn't right. think it would come up in a hook like, in a, a storyline like this, so he had me hooked from pretty much, word word for word, he pretty much had me hooked the second he took the mic and, and, and let it roll, never mind that if Cody loses, he's not getting another shot at the title, he's not going to compete for the title again, never mind that, but it, it's, it's the fact that the word, like, everything Cody said, like, it had meaning to it. It, it, it was like, it's, there's not much of that word of what Cody said that Jericho could truly counter. Even if, we know Jericho could clap back, but it's not much he could truly say to do it. That was, that was an incredible promo. Right, and the inherent thing about wrestling is good versus evil. We'll talk yep. about it later with Devlin and Star. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're perceiving the storyline very well, and and it's just been fantastic to see the development of the storyline with hot angle after hot angle, and they haven't scripted a word. Yeah, no, and no, the that's charming a the charming part of like a show like AEW or what OTT did with. With Devlin and Star, or or what NWA is doing with their power show, is it validates that mm. the art of a wrestling promo, 
people can't just fabricate it. It's an art. You gotta, feel, you gotta know, you gotta feel it. You got, it's gotta be. Somebody in your has to have a veteran. Yeah. And no one else can have that except for the person that's cutting the promo. It's clear that Cody had one and he didn't miss. Like, it, it was amazing. Um, th- then the fucking video afterwards was hilarious. <laughs> of like, the, some of the bubbly. And he's the youngest AEW World Champion. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. Sammy, Sammy Guevara plays the perfect douchebag. <laughs> Bro, if there's been one guy that I just felt throughout like the first like six weeks of AEW Dynamite has just like raised his stock, it's got to be Sammy Guevara because right. he he's a He's a perfect shitbag heel. You can beat him like a drum. And then all of a sudden, all you know you can flip him to be a babyface at any time. And I, bro, when he jumped off the top rope and smacked Hangman in the face last yep. week, bitch, I was hollering. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like the audacity of this dude. Disrespect. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, I was rolling with that too. That was, that was disrespectful. That was really, that was hilarious and disrespectful at the same time. I, I honestly, I thought this would be MJF would kind of have that kind of early run, but I, I think it, his time will come. I, I, I would imagine his time will. will They're will building come a longer term story with MJF. Yeah, and it seems like he. It, it seems like he's going to turn on Cody at some point. At some moment in time, it's just a matter of when. Or it never happens, and Cody turns on him, and MJF's the biggest star. That could be something too. I think they're building more towards that. Well, Cody goes heel route. Okay. They're they're not even close to ready to doing it. No, no, no. I'd I'd save it, too. I would would, slow play it. I'd slow play that. That that, that could be something you could do for when when they go home to Jacksonville, like to start the new year. No, I'm talking about a year down the line. You go a year out. Okay. With this, like, tension... With this, like, quasi, like, you have to build it. And that's that's what something that WWE hasn't done in a long time. They don't slow play it as well as you think they should. They don't slow play storylines and need slow play. They haven't slow played, it, slow played storylines in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the last one they really did. The last one they, they truly super slow played. I, I mean, like the like the Bryant the Bryant payoff, like I think was maybe the last. I mean, that took eight months. Like moment Bryant, of relief, you know, that they yeah. Bro, and they, and they, and they hit the stop start on that Bryant thing, yeah. like <laughs> like they didn't know what like they had to be dragged by their ankles into doing the right thing that year. Yeah, it just I, I think that's the last one I can think of. Like the last one, they truly slow played and and got the right ending. That's the last one I could think of. Because even with the Kofi storyline, as much as we love Kofi and all, um, that was only a month. Right. When they won the title, like they, I think they gave him all the wrong opponents, and they never treated him like they never like they never gave him like a guy. Yeah, they never gave him like a like a young guy like an Andrade who was like a right. threat. 
guy. Like it was like dudes he wrestled like ten years ago, and it's like, well, this isn't really main event. Like so, I, 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 I honestly think they had to do that Orton to kind of to kind of finish off the whole. Yeah. I, I, I 100% believe that the the, the storyline, the whole uh, the rumor of Randy kind of held Kofi down. They had to do that one. Yeah, they had to. I, I agree. I agree with you with the other ones. Like, like Owens, that match was fine, but I think yeah, they they could have they could have done better in a sense of giving him yeah guys that he could probably help build along and, and kind of help put over, but still keep the title. In, and in the a thing sense. that WWE doesn't do that AEW do, does, and what most other wrestling promotions do, is go with their initial instinct. Yeah. Like. They are, they are reactionary. That is hundred percent. Very reactionary, and you can't be reactionary in the business. Like if you're a wrestler, you have to adapt. If you're a booker, you have to adapt. And they have so many writing teams, and Vince has undiagnosed ADD. <laughs> undiagnosed ADD, though. All right, we're, we're another tangent. Let's, let's, no, let's no, it's a good tangent to go on. It's a good tangent, though. Because you know, it it. it uh, Honestly, we'll talk about it later with Devlin start and my passion for that. Um, Emi Sakura and Jamie Hayter defeat Riho and Shauna. Um, I like this match. And yeah, I like it too. It was pretty yeah, good. I think it was a step in the right direction. You know, the AEW's women's division has been a hot topic of conversation all on Twitter. And yeah. a lot of people taking them to task for, you know, the presentation, which is rightfully so, like, you know, they tell us they're going to focus more on, like, women, but I think they're really trying to figure out what they have. Like, they have Rio, who they've made, uh, you know, someone that the audience cares about, and mm-hmm. I think they've got a lot of, they've got, a, like, a lot of pieces that can be really good, like, individually. They just have to, like, focus them into a way that drives the narrative for the division. Like, because if you, you break it, you know, apart, like, you got B Priestley, she was, like, Red Belt champion in stardom, um, you know, Rio dual champion in stardom, and now AEW, yeah. You know, and the thing with the women's division is... Uh, I think Britt Bre- Bre- Baker's not half as bad as she gets, like, you know, people just pick on she her. She had to Rio a couple weeks ago. Right. You cut I, off yeah, there. I think what she- were you saying? Uh, I, I said I don't think she's half as bad as people like to pick on her for. Oh, you're and, talking about Britt Baker, yeah. Yeah, and you know she I don't is. Think a, Britt Baker's that bad. No, Britt Baker's pretty good. Yeah, and she cut a. I think she cut a pretty good promo. Some people didn't like it, but you know I thought you know the the bill for her and B is you know pretty good. So uh, I think it's just gonna like most things take time, and you know once they get it rolling, I think they'll be fine. I don't think. People are patient enough with women's wrestling either. Mm. Because I don't think, as much as people are going to fucking brow bash me for this, um, I know. Women's wrestling is never going to be the marquee that okay. puts people in the seats. It can be a part that does, like Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. Like, it can, it can co main, you think it can co main stuff, but not be like. I deal. think it can main event too. It depends if 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 you it put the, the if, if if you lay the groundwork for someone to care about these people, I think you can main event anything. Yeah, Especially I agree. If, if if you 
you know, like like Becky at one time, you know, I don't think, you know, it lasted by the time the main event came. Like, I don't think it should have been the main event. I think it should have been Kofi and Brian because that was the hottest thing. But at yeah. a, a certain point, like the day after the Royal Rumble, like Becky versus Ronda was, you know, was the, much, it, it was much of a WrestleMania main event as anything that would have been in WWE that year. So, I mean, AEW is going to like have to, you know, do what they said they would do. Essentially, and start working hard to to get you to invest in these people. And, and I think that's like they haven't been working hard in the first place. People are not. Right. Yeah, look, they they they've only been giving them one match every week. I think they got to do more as far as profile pieces, and mm. also like you know, don't be afraid to to, to uh, you know put two matches out there. And I think they're so they're nervous about you know the ratings, and they, they don't want to. You know, give an inch back, and you know, I that time that they put into the women like will pay off down the road. The only thing is getting through that period now, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, uh, let's face it, um, with AEW, um, I, I'm I'm going to do an overall evaluation of AEW. Um, I wanted to do this before we reviewed AEW and reviewed NXT. Um, my over, overall evaluation is that AEW can grow if they don't make the same mistakes as other promotions has. And mm, okay. they're very self-aware of what they are. And I believe that that they won't make the mistake. I have more confidence in them than TNA or WCW. You know? When WCW was around, I wasn't mm-hmm. around, but you know, from what I hear on like Between the Sheets or Classic Wrestling Podcasts, I have more confidence in them, and I think a wrestling fan should have confidence in them. But at the same time, the fans need to be reconditioned too to be patient. Fair point. Am I am I am I wrong in that statement, Rich? I, I think that um, AEW has to do a lot as far as reconditioning people because WWE's literally been teaching people how to think about wrestling yes. sports. Yeah. So like when you don't see enough tags in a match, like people's brains are short circuiting or whatever. But and that's just the, comes down to the conditioning. So. Uh, AW is going to have to, like, if they're going to be what they say they are, they're going to have to deal with some of that criticism heads on and, and feel like it's worth it for them to do that, to be who they want to be. And for, for them, I, you know, I, I, I said, as long as they don't be cowards about it, like they should be fine. Like whatever they do tends to get over with, with their audience. So. The, the, a lot of people complaining about AEW tend to not, you know, wow. watch AEW in good faith. Like, <laughs> like these are people that are, are sick of the WWE being sliced and diced for years, and you know they're going to take out their frustration elsewhere. But, um, yeah, yeah. But so Sean Spears and Brandon Cutler, we got the Brandy video package. I don't care. Um, that's the <laughs> one thing I don't care about. I like Awesome Calm, but Brandy. I like her you, you, you in like do, that role where she is a, a presence, 
but mm-hmm. not like a heel presence, you know. It's confusing with Brandy, but but that goes into everything Rick was saying. Um, Sean Spears defeats Brandon Cutler, squash, and then we got the main event, um, which is fantastic. This was a good main event. <clears throat> this this was a pretty entertaining main event. I think. I think, like, like the retooling of the mind will, because I've, I'm a rarity in my 22 years of, 23 years of age, and how old are you, Rich? 30. So, Rich and Mike, I know Mike's 32. Um, 31. I'm 31. 31, yeah. I I, um, it's just... I know that you guys saw at least some of WCW. When oh, lots of it. Yeah. Oh, lots of it. <laughs> yep. yep. Or lots of it. You know, not the whole run, but enough of it. That to understand what re- it was. Understand what it I didn't have that opportunity, but I'm smarter. <laughs> I'm one like one of those rare young wrestling fans that have an understanding of wrestling before me and an appreciation of wrestling. No, you, stu- you study you, you do study it. This, this is true. I study wrestling, I listen to classic wrestling podcasts, I like the stories behind it, the, the people are interesting. Um, so, my it's easier to condition my mind to that shit. I know what mm-hmm. I want from wrestling, I want from watching old wrestling, you know, than it does someone who just grew up with WWE. There are people out there that just grew up with WWE. Those poor, those poor people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. WCW did some illogical things. That is, uh, that's. I think that's what you're, what you're getting at here. I'm saying WCW did some illogical things, but they did things differently than WWE. Yeah, they did. They, they tried. They tried to be different. They, they tried to. They took some risks. And WWE was even different back then. Yeah. Because. I think they had. I think they had to take risks because they saw the competition. So I think they had to. They had to be bold. And in some case, in most cases for WWE back then, it worked. And I think AEW is going to have to be somewhat bold in their approach, and WWE is going to have to be somewhat bold in countering, which is going to get some good. This is probably going to get some good quality wrestling and get some good quality stories out of this. Right. Um, let's move on to NXT, and then we'll preview full year. Yeah, so this this was this was a good main event. This was a very good main event, and a really good brawl to really set it, to really bring it home. Yes, so that, that was quality. Jericho uh, getting the the fall on Hangman. Did he? Um, yeah, I don't want the Judas effect. You know the Judas effect. The Jericho got the fall, and then uh, this was an all-out brawl with the inner circle and, and Cody and Cody's family and, all, and the whole crew. This is mass chaos to end the show, but it's a good way to end it. Plus, Moxley got involved, and we know Moxley getting involved is always good. Yeah. Now, now shifting gears to full sail, and I think NXT started off real hot here with the OC clapping back at Undisputed Era as Undisputed Era comes through. They're coming into the building, and then suddenly you see a boot to the face from Gallows to Cole, and then it's three on four, and all four members of Undisputed Era catch a beating. Signature. Did you see the fake blood on Bobby Fish? 
Like, yeah. they did fake blood. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I totally did see that. And then Espirus takes that choke slam through the table by, by uh, Gallows. And yep. OC leaves, leaves Undisputed Era leg. And we don't see most of them for the rest of the night. This leads to the this leads to the OC storming the ring, and basically saying they're basically declaring war on on NXT. Champa promptly responding with one of the lines of the night in so many times and so many years, people have been asking when am I going to go to the main roster, and then he says, OC, welcome to the main roster, which I thought was the line that really stuck. Stuck with me because a lot of people, myself included, would would obviously believe NXT being the superior brand of the three in WWE over the last three years. So this, this was a that was a good line to bring that home, leading to a three on three that would close this show. We'll get to that later between Riddle and, and Lee and Champa versus the OC. We'll get to that later. Damian Priest and Pete Dunne in a good rematch, solid back solid rematch back to back and forth stuff. Damian Priest again looking very good. And Pete Dunne obviously being one of the best NXT has to offer, so this was a very good match. Ultimately, it was the low blow, and then it was Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne getting the low blow this time, and then Pete Dunne making Priest tap out after he basically snapped his fingers, and then Killian Dane decided to strike and laid waste to both Priest and he laid waste to Pete Dunne, Priest getting the worst of it with the cannonball into the steel steps. So Killian Dane is just out for out for blood and violence. Love that. Next up on the totem pole, we got a uh, Santana Garrett and Santana and Tayana Con- uh, Conti. And if you haven't seen Tayana Conti's Twitter, it, it's it's there. There are a lot of people who are absolutely in love with Conti, and she's not helping anyone not get over her. Conti actually looks like she's improved somewhat in the ring. Its match wasn't all that great though. I think both women need more time and more seasoning, but they both look better than what they have in the past. Conti gets it done with it with an easy pin, with a short with a short bicycle kick. Yeah, I heard this match. I heard it wasn't as bad as that clip that was going around was. Right. So, yeah. uh, no, and I heard you know Santana Garrett has been somebody that uh, you know I followed on the Florida scene for a long time, and happy to see her get her shot and get on national TV. It wasn't too, yeah, the match itself was okay. Nothing too special, but the match itself was alright. Now we get to the announcements of some of the team members for War Games. And this turned into a match between Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler because Baszler wasn't, um, Ripley didn't initially announce Kai as a member of the War Games team. Instead, Tegan Knox got, Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae were added to Rhea Ripley's team, and then Bianca Belair and Io Shirai were added to Baszler's team. Dakota Kai versus Baszler was a good match. It really was a, it really was a good match. Dakota Kai looked a lot more confident in the ring with Baszler as opposed to what she was in, in matches past. Ultimately, though, it would be too much Baszler, and the Queen of Spades would make Baszler, would make Kai tap out once again uh, to the to the, to the, to the, to the clutch, and basically... Instead of Kai being added to the team, it was Mia Yim after what would turn into a melee between all the women involved here. It was Mia who came from behind with a, with a kendo stick, and immediately after this uh, attack by Mia, Ripley would announce that, that 
Yim would be the fourth member of the team, and Dakota Kai would walk off disappointed. Baszler does not have a fourth member of her team yet. Do you think it could be Kai? I don't think they're going to do that. Um, it is a little weird, though. Shannon got a whole crew, and she's not using any of them um, <laughs> in the thing. Imagine yeah, the Rick. Imagine if Ric Flair during the War Games was like, hey, uh, Arn, Tully, uh, all y'all got the night off. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, they're clearly trying to load this shit up, but, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I was a little surprised. I was surprised for two things. One, yeah, that she didn't put her own two other two members of the Four Horsewomen involved in the match. And two, I was a little shocked it's not five on five, uh, personally. Just, just think she could put them both in. And then maybe one of them eat the pins so Shayna doesn't have to type of thing. You keep Shayna strong. You can afford to have one of the other two horsewomen eat the pins. But, yeah, I guess they didn't, they didn't go that route, which uh, I'm a little surprised by. Next up, um, no one can take your match. Well, uh, Garza defeated Tony Nese. And this was a pretty good match. I like Angel Garza. I really do. I, I like his style. I like his flow. There's a lot of swag there. And I think him versus, versus Leo Rush next week is going to be entertaining. This was a pretty good match. It really was. He's a star. I've seen him on the yes. like uh, the Largo Loop, and he's just he's a master of working live crowds. Like if there's a grandma in the front row, she's gonna fall <laughs> in love with him. The guys yeah. are gonna respect him because they know he can wrestle. Uh, he's gonna make a whole bunch of money, and I hope he mm. I hope he gets it all. Yeah, he's he's gonna him versus Leo versus Leo Rush is gonna be legit next week. I think it's gonna be a very entertaining match between the two of them. This was my favorite match of the night was a Dajakovic versus Swerve, and this was first off Isaiah Swerve Scott's entrance team is absolute fire. I love, I love the entrance team. Second, the match itself between Swerve and Dajakovic just shows once again the versatility of Dajakovic to be able to to wrestle dudes as big as Keep Lee and to wrestle dudes as small and he's. Got Got probably a clean hundred pounds on Swerve, and he was able to re- go match move for move and hold for hold with him, and Swerve vice versa, showing that strength and power that's that Swerve has. It's really underrated. I love this match. It was highly entertaining. I thought it was tremendous stuff. Dajakovic and Lee is probably my favorite rivalry under w- under a WWE banner this year. I, I would say I-, I love this. I love this stuff what Dajakovic has been doing this year. Ultimately, it was Swerve making one mistake, and Dajakovic made him pay with the feature eyes. And I like that. That's another really good move, too. So, very good match. And then the main event. The main event itself, uh, OC versus Ciampa, Riddle, and Keith Lee. A uh, pretty solid match, which then turned to chaos. There wasn't. It was no contest because it was absolutely mayhem. Violet came out. Keith Lee, really Keith Lee, I thought was the star of the match. Keith Lee did some crazy good stuff in in this match as well. Obviously, with the pounces, what wiped out the ref and then wiped out AJ. And Finn Balor then interrupted to lay out Riddle to show love to the OC. And obviously, the, the history between Balor and the OC is well documented. Adam Cole then super kicked AJ and then hit Ciampa with, with the last shot. So you got some... Play, we got a little bit of a tease from Balor and Cole. I thought they played this off very well. I think this is a pretty good way to end the night. A good NXT all around, pretty much. We sort of touched on Full Gear in our AEW discussion, but here's the full card. Um, 
John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Non-sanctioned lights out match. That's probably closing the show. Mm-hmm. Because that's what lights out matches do. Mm-hmm. Should be a banger. Um, hoping that uh, you know no one gets injured or anything. But hey, go go ball to the wall. Let's see it. We've been waiting for this match uh, pretty much since May. For this, so this had like a six month build. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Chris Jericho versus Cody. Cody's obviously winning this match. I think they tipped that off, but it's still oh, gonna be. You I, never know. No, I don't know if they tipped that off, honestly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's a guarantee at all. Because look, no. Cody. Cody never said that. Like he said that he would never challenge for the title. He never said anything about someone challenging him for the title. Yeah, that's like. True. You know, or someone demanding to face him for the title. So, like, they've got a million ways they can get out of that. All right. Anyway. So, yeah, I, I think it's up in there. I still think Jericho retains, personally, but uh, we will see. I I think there'll be some shenanigans involved, but ultimately, I think Hager might get involved even. But, yeah, I think Chris retains. Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful. This uh, had a really good buildup in the uh, the after AEW uh, went off the air last night. They dropped to the countdown to full gear. The first 15 minutes uh, pretty much made up everything you didn't get on TV. Pretty much what you got on TV were attacks the whole time, but it went into the difference in philosophy and the difference in the uh, team's backgrounds and why. Uh, you know, Crown Powerful is here and, you know, the Young Bucks background and, you know, them not being sure they're actually the best anymore. This is really well done, and I would recommend anybody seek that out. Yeah. I'm I think this is a good match. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah. Hang, Hangman Page versus Pack. Sorry, I got to think Pack wins the match, but I think it's a good, I think it's going to be a very entertaining match from start to finish. I think Paige has come off hotter in the last couple weeks. Okay. Um, he had the good promo last week and the good match. I think it's a tough booking situation to be in because you, these are two of your top guys for the future. Mm-hmm. But I see Paige winning. I think I think Park's gonna um keep the momentum rolling like um and you know eventually get a TV title match against somebody. Right. That's why I, that's why I say Cody wins because right. the match you want to do is Cody Pac. Mm. Right, right. That'd be good. Because Pac's never lost. You can make both yeah. page back up. Yeah, you could. Makes sense. B Priestley versus Britt Baker, speaking of B Priestley and Britt. Did you see B Priestley almost break my UE with Tani's neck, by the way? I did. I did. And, you know, people don't like B. Priestley already. Uh, so when something like this happens, you, she gets a little bit more. Kind of like how the Bellas would get, you know, shit when they would mess up in matches. But a little bit different energy behind this one. Um, you know, I, I literally saw, you know, like Kawada, like, <laughs> mess up the same move. So, uh, someone put a GIF out there on Twitter. So, like, 
shit's gonna happen, like, as far as, like, botches, so, mm-hmm. I'm not tripping over it. Yeah, I wasn't tripping over it either, people make mistakes, but... Like, 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 as long as, you know, Mayu is fine, and she gets back up, I mean, gotta let that go. Yeah. Riho versus Emi Sakura. They've done a really good job building Ryu up as champion, and well, like we talked about before, I think Ryu retains. I think they're going to do more with Ryu's run here. I think Ryu's going to retain. Yeah, Ryu for sure. Yeah, Ryu. So, Colin Censored versus Lucha Bros versus Private Party. This is way too soon to pull the trigger on Private Party, so it's down to Lucha yeah. Bros versus SCU. I think SCU keeps the titles. Yeah, I think SCU keeps it. Um, yeah, they'd be cowards if they took the belts off them that fast. Like, why did you just let Lucha Bros win the tournament? So, right. uh, S2 will retain. Like, and then Joey Janela versus Sean Spears is on this show as well. They've, they've been building Spears up pretty heavy. I gotta think Spears wins. Yeah, I think Spears is gonna be getting groomed for, like, the next, like, kind of, like, baby face that's down, so... I could see him facing Paige. I could see him facing Kenny on TV at some point. I could see, you know, so, somewhere in that, that range. They're, they're building him up for something. Um, I thought the Cody thing was a disappointment, but, but like, w- with that, Sean Spears did show enough where he can be a gatekeeper. Yes. Well, he was excellent during the whole build-up and then the match. Yeah, just, like, the, ma- the match itself was like, dry. Yeah. I, and I, I don't have anything against Spears. It was just a disappointment in the, the Cody thing after you started off we, with a we, hot end. We, we didn't get the payoff that we should have uh, from that. Because the build-up the build was excellent, the chair shot, the, the, the whole deal. Everything about that was great except the match. You just didn't get the payoff that we should have. Yeah. I think Sean Spears can recover. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's one of those companies where you can recover from it. And like like Cody bounced back like a rubber ball after that, as we as we've seen. I think Spears Spears with the right feud can too. Um, and Janela, you can build up at any time too. Sure, Janela's young. Yeah, Janela is thirty, so so you can build him up at any time. Time. Uh, I don't think Joe Janela's ever going to be no top guy for you, but like he's. I no, think he's I don't think per- he's a top guy. He's a perfect. He's a perfect utility dude. You can plug in to face anybody because he's he's a nut. Like, <laughs> I think he's wilding persona. And if he actually is committed, like he says he is, to becoming fit, more fit. Like maybe he's never gonna have a chiseled body. I, I'm not saying that, but more fit and and become better in the ring. Um, yeah, I think he can become a main eventer. I see that potential in him because of his persona. Yeah. Um. Um. I'm looking at the AEW roster right now, and and you miss some people, you know, you know. Dark Order, you don't miss the Dark Order, but Darby was <laughs> on the show. Uh, I, I wish Darby Allen was on the show. I wish uh, Joe Janelle was mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. Jimmy Havoc was on the show. 
Um, you know, hopefully Luke Shores comes back strong. But uh, I, they're giving you, you the know. opportunity to miss people. Yeah, MJF's not on the show. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not on the show. I really am surprised MJF's not, not involved here. Best friends, Michael Nakazawa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was being sarcastic with Michael Nakazawa. Everyone loves Michael Nakazawa, though. Or he's uh, bro. I first so I was at the New Japan CEO show, the first one that was like a disaster. And Michael Nakazawa worked the dark match for that. And he absolutely uh, Jabele. And also, he did, like, a a gauntlet. So he beat, like, some local young boys or whatever from some promotions. And he fought, like, three opponents, right? And he was cutting promos between them. He's hilarious as a, like, heel. And, like, if you put him on TV and let him talk, like, he speaks English, like, like really, really well. And, and he can he can get heat, like, you know, if, if he ever wants to not do the silly babyface thing. He can still be silly and all that, but be a heel and actually, you know, really, you know, try to do something. But he was entertaining as fuck. I, that, that's pretty much what I'm trying to get to. Oh, I thought he, he uh, faced Jason Rance. We're not going to talk about what Jason Rance is. Everybody who's listening knows this because there was a whole Twitter. Shima's hmm. not on the show. I like Shima and T Hawk. Yeah, she was, she was nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, that is AEW full gear for you. Devlin Star. Full gear. Okay, Saturday night. Can't believe that they were, we're already at AEW's next pay per view. That is time flies. Yeah. Did you see Devlin Star, Rich? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm uh, looking forward to trying to see it because I hear nothing but great things. I did see the um, the preview video and was very intrigued by it. Yeah. This wow, and you know what happened. Like, this was good. This was the story. The promo video was really good. The the crowd was hot. The the the, the back and forth was great. This played off really, really well. Right. And I I, I just have passion about this because this is the type of wrestling I like and and like um. Because um, people feel like you people can't get emotion out of wrestling anymore. That's bullshit. <laughs> that is absolute hunky <laughs> bullshit. Um, hunky dory bullshit. This was emotion at its finest. I mean, I, I was mostly invested from starting from bell to bell. I was emotionally. In on this match, like it, this match was dope from, from the jump. Um, just some people parachuting in got the emotion. People mm-hmm. who have been following the story have even more emotion. Those fans were invested. Um, so to say that, like those one of those Jim Cornetisms, like of of this this business doesn't produce moments like that anymore. Take a look at that. You know, what are your thoughts? From the thoughts okay. on what I said, Rich. I mean, 
I, I think people that, that come up with like broad generaliz- generalizations about wrestling, like, well, you can't do this anymore. And you can't do something like, you know, get that type of emotion. People aren't going to believe. It's like, nah, man. It's like, you're not going to work hard enough to make it happen. Because um, I can think about a bunch of emotional matches recently that I've seen. Uh, Okada Omega 4, uh, Tanahashi versus Okada at, um, you know, Sakura Genesis in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, we thought that was going to be Tanahashi's last, you know, chance at the belt, and he's in there with his career rival, and that the crowd just willing him to try to, you know, win, but is not good enough ultimately. Um, Kobe Kingston and Daniel Bryan, Kobe, Daniel uh, Bryan yeah. you know, grown men crying, you know, watching that match, and um, there's it's, it's not going to, like, Dustin and uh, Cody, like, it's not going to happen every day. Like, I, I don't think emotion is meant to be hit. It's not meant to be happen, you know, ridiculously often in wrestling, right? But if you lay the groundwork and you do the work ahead of time and you're always, like, setting stuff in motion to make things matter, you'll have a higher chance of that happening. And what Star and Devlin did, it looked like just a complete different kind of story Um this was more than wrestling. It felt like it, it was like a man versus a corporation. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was politics. It was life. It was like literally good versus evil. And people really got caught up in it from what I'm, what I'm gathering and just seeing the, the preview and knowing what star and Devlin, you know, I've, I've seen, I saw their last match. No, those guys can do is like, I, I can't wait to see this one. You should. It was. I watched it last night. It was. I had to watch it from start to finish. Like, at first off, this is like the first I've really seen like a full on Damon Star thing. I love that the crowd did every word of his of his like his uh, introduction. I thought that was. I I was fully invested in David Star from that point on. And then, the, the your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestling line got me. I mean, that I thought that was great. It was. Yeah, and, and Devlin, Jordan Devlin is a guy, like, we, we both love from NXT UK, and we both believe he has star written all over him and needs to be pushed to the moon after Walter, after the Walter stuff ends. But he needs to be pushed to the moon and probably pushed to the moon with that title after Walter's done with it. But, yeah, it's, they built this up really, really well. And I love how the crowd basically called him a sellout because of the, the, the NXT stuff. But it, it, this, this is really done. This is really well done. Um, just to touch on some of the things, um, it's just, I, I don't think it happened all that often back in the 80s and 90s, um, either, or in the 70s, or, you're gonna strike lightning, but it's not gonna happen every day. Um, and, and, um, it's just like... Some of Cornette's shit gets me pissed off, but even though I value him as a historical resource because he's very knowledgeable about wrestling. He is. No, no, he, he knows his stuff, and just sometimes he's just off the wall with it. Jim yeah, Cornette so. has decided, like, there are people he hates and he will not be buzzed off of it. So once you get past yeah. that, like, you can deal with him. <laughs> right, right. So that that's my biggest thing. Because, because, because I don't think TV every week you were feeling something in like the NWA Saturday nights. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe in Memphis you were feeling it every week, but women dying by the king. But that's a rare instance. You know. Also, you know. people know this shit's fake now, so it's not really yeah. as yeah. easy the, to... The veil, the veil's been lifted on, on, on what wrestling is, so I think yeah. that kind of takes away from it to an extent. Yeah. yeah. But if you if you put in the work... But there have been exposés about wrestling going back to the 20s. It's true. And most people suspend their disbelief for every other form of entertainment. Yeah, he's not wrong. So... So yeah, let's get to sports. Our sports segment, our short. Before we get segment. before we get to sports, let's get to the let's get the Nyquil moment out. There, there was there was a Nyquil moment. Yes. Uh, last week, UFC 244 went down, uh, and basically this led to uh, a keep Kevin Lee versus Gregor Gillespie, and Kevin and Lee basically dropped. It, it's a gift now. Lee basically dropped Gillespie with a with an overhead kick straight to the side of the face. Gillespie basically falls back into the cage and is out the moment the kick hits him. And it, this this is a supremely good Nyquil moment of the week where Gillespie gets laid out. The Raiders just won the game with an interception. Uh, as Gillespie gets laid out cold, easily knocked out of the night. And it basically shut Gillespie down for the for the count. So there's your Nyquil moment of the week. Yes, we love our Nyquil here on Getting the Ring. Yes, um, yes, yes. <laughs> so what we normally do is pick two games um, from each from each football, and then we'll we'll talk a little NBA beforehand. Um, What's your finals prediction? Because I know Mike puts his out on the Sports Lounge page, and I haven't really talked to him about it. But your NBA finals prediction, because I know Bridge is a big basketball fan. So I didn't really tell anyone this uh, before the season, but um, I'm a Lakers fan. Okay. Um, like not that not that part, but I didn't tell people. I thought the Lakers and the Sixers are going to be the finals. Uh, and it looks like they kind of have the best records right now. So kind of surprised that that's, that's happening. Um, but yeah, so I, I think Lakers and the Sixers were, you know, they could be in the finals. Right team from the East, right building in the West, but I got the Clippers. I think the Clippers, are, I think the Clippers will come out the West. I know Paul George hasn't come back yet. I know George should be back next week, uh, and playing for the, uh, for the Clippers. They're going to be uh, tough. I think they're going to be tough together. Him and him and Kawhi Leonard and and the depth that they have, the, the young crew that they have, they're going to be tough as 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 a team to deal with. So I, I, the Clippers beating the Sixers in the finals. And I think the Lakers need another answer in the backcourt rather than you know Avery Bradley and Snow and, and and LeBron being the point guard. Like I, I just don't you know see that as the answer. But um, Dwight Howard has been a revelation. Shockingly, never thought I'd say that. Um, and Davis has been, you know, really good too. Like looking at everything on paper, he's been putting up. Right now, I'm thinking I'm split on the uh, on three teams in the West. I think Philly or Boston's coming out of the East. The way Boston's looked has been really impressive. Boston's good. Um, but I think that's your East final. 
but I'm split between three teams. I know Denver had a stretch there where they were struggling, but now they're back on the rails. And it's not like they were really off the rails to begin with. They're 5-2. But they had a two-game skid that... Um, um, There's two losses didn't look all that great. Yeah. Um, but the three teams... And I'll include the Lakers in there, too. Um, four teams. Because the Lakers look good. Um, mm-hmm. It are the Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, and Jazz. I love the Jazz staff. I like Denver better. Than, I like Denver better than Utah. I, that's my that's my West Finals is Denver and the Clippers. But yeah, I, I think it's a Utah. Utah does some, some really good some really good pieces. U, if Donovan Mitchell makes that really next step pieces. over over the course of the season, I can see that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Then, then Utah's, Utah's over the top, in my opinion. But I believe the Sixers are going to win the finals either way. Mm. Because I think Simmons, though everything hasn't come together yet, he's working harder. Yeah. He, they, they've got, they got four guys they can play in their starting lineup. So that that's always a plus. I do worry about their outside shooting. Uh, as far as the Sixers, so I think if they can add a couple guys they can spray, they'll probably be in a, in a better position. But they're going to defend like they're going to be bears on defense. So yes, uh, I agree. I agree, and I'm a Sixers fan, so they, they, yeah. they're going to they're going to be able to bully a whole lot of squads. Like Boston's one loss is probably because the Sixers just bullied them in, in the paint <laughs> with Horford and Embiid. They're going to be. They bring a little bit of 90s ball to them, I think, and that wins in the playoffs. We, 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 physicality does win in the playoffs, and I think the Sixers kind of learned from that. And they'll be able to – they're really built more so for the playoffs than they are for the regular season. And then the fifth team is the Rockets, but I don't have faith in uh, Houston, I don't – I'm not saying this as a Spurs fan. I'm saying it's like Houston, that's concerning sometimes. That, that game against Miami where they got boat race in the first quarter – that's concerning to me about the Rockets. They biggest, don't really play defense. Biggest shocker, um, um, coming out of both Charlotte Hornets and um Phoenix Suns. We thought they would be the worst. I thought Charlotte would easily be the worst team in the league, like a lot of people did. But 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 they they're playing pretty well, and Phoenix Devin Booker's having, and they're doing this without DeAndre Ayton too. That's the other part about this. And getting suspended for those 25 games of the PEDs. I think that's a – the fact that they're doing this without him right now, that's, that's really good. That's really telling uh, right there. And Dallas is a couple of PED. There's a couple of PED things going on, yeah, like Collins, John Collins, Collins, Collins in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas is looking good, but that's a year early. Give Dallas one more year. I think one more star for Dallas. I think the Mavs – Luca can seriously, with one more year, see if he can be an MVP candidate. He, I think he's that good. Luca is that good, yeah, he is. Um, Giannis is not taking a step back. It's the uh, um, people around him. They're not yeah. an optimum efficiency. Yeah, that's true. But that's a week after the NBA, a week out, a, two weeks into the NBA season. We never mm-hmm. know. It's an 82-game season. Flyers did win today, thank God. Um, Overtime goal, Sean Couturier. Carey Price basically still in his head. 
It only got to overtime because of character price. This was uh, he he was him and Carter Hart were the two best players on the ice tonight. Of course, the Chargers lose. Yep, my, my luck. Um, no, I didn't bet the Chargers. It's just, and then Dean Spanos, the most idiotic owner at the NFL. No, that goes to Dan Snyder. Dean Spanos is number two. Um. But like, they were never going to move to London, but I think Spandles did the right thing by defending that, but what a messy situation that was. That, that turned into. Oh, this week's games. We actually have a good Monday night game. Yeah. Seattle, and, uh, Seattle and San Francisco. That's a, that's a big Monday night game. I'm picking San Francisco at home. Yeah, give me the Niners at home. Uh, I think that the Niners, uh, they're not going to go undefeated, but they're not going to lose this week. At no. Seattle, I'd probably give the edge to the Seahawks. But, yeah, at, at home, the Niners have been really good at home this year. I'm going to go with San Francisco. Your two MVP, your three are Christian McCaffrey, um, um, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. I had Deshaun Watson as a fourth, but yes. It, those are those are the, the MVP candidates right now. Yeah, I forgot to turn around Watson, but this on Watson had an excellent season so far too. So I got to put Watson in there. But something I found interesting, and somebody said it on Get Up this morning, was that 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 the the way the Ravens' offense is efficiently running right now, um, mm-hmm. not like like effectively going. Um, they're on pace to have the same efficiency as the 07 Patriots, last year's Chiefs, you know, legendary offenses, so. And they're doing it in an entirely different way of physicality, of ground and pound, and the occasional throwing to Andrews or Hollywood Brown, or, and they're doing this, I like the way Baltimore's doing it, I like the way the Ravens are doing it. And the defense special teams get a little bit better, not in Justin Tucker, sure. But the Ravens are a real contender, and they, they, made, they made the loudest statement of the year so far. Dominating the way they did. That was last week, the New England game, right? Yes. They dominated, right? Thirty-seven to twenty, and it didn't, and it really only got to New England to twenty because they got half their points on long form mistakes. Oh, last week was Patriots. Yeah, Patriots Ravens, yeah. So, in that case, I don't know what that noise is, but I think it's my webpage. Oh, my head. <coughs> Sorry. I don't what happened in there? I'll edit all this out after. No, it's my mic. Now, oh, it's Um, whenever I speak into it, it stops. So, um, I'm gonna keep speaking. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. So, the Ravens are good. Rich, what's your NFL pick of the week? Uh, I don't really follow the league. <laughs> I don't really follow football. That's fair. But, uh. Hell, watching Deshaun Watson, I hear he does great things. 
Yeah, he does. And apparently, and he does. In college football, we have chicken. to bring up the two undefeated, the two undefeated versus undefeated matchups this week. Alabama versus LSU, number two versus number three. If you go by college football playoff rankings, because that's what everyone, that's what we're all doing now from here on in. And then obviously, the match that the game that concerns me, I'm a Penn State student. Uh, Penn State versus Minnesota. We're number four. They're number seventeen. I will go with – I'll start with Tuscaloosa. Actually, yeah, I'll go chronological. Penn State's game is first. Keys are basically simple. I tried hard to on the line 90.7 FM. I, I host the Sports Blitz on Thursdays. We did preview the game today. I tried hard not to overlook Minnesota. But at the same time, I got to be real. Minnesota, yes, they're you know. But you look at how they got to the eighth. Minnesota's played pretty bad teams. Minnesota played backup quarterbacks over the last month. They actually allowed a touchdown to Maryland. If you've been following Penn State, Penn State hasn't done that in three years. I kid you not. But it's the, the point about it is Minnesota's faced a lot of bad teams. And they're 8-0. And early, when those teams were healthy, that their, their opponents, they had to struggle to win those games. They When Purdue lost Rondell Moore and their backup quarterback, they had to struggle and only won 38-31 against Purdue. It's, and then Penn State promptly destroyed Purdue. So I honestly think Penn State's going to blow Minnesota out. I'm looking at 42-20, and I think Minnesota, part of their 20 is going to be in garbage time. I know that the, the, the 11 a.m. kick, I think Minnesota's going to try to come out fast, but it feels like Maryland to me. Uh, Maryland tried to come out swinging early, and then Maryland had an early turnover, and the game it basically was over. I think it'll be a whole lot like that. I'm going to go 42 to 20 Penn State. The Penn State, yeah, I think, will cover the State six too. and a half. I think they'll cover the six and a half spread currently. It's been six and a half, seven uh, over the last. And I can't wait for there, Ohio State. Um, that looks like that's the second of the two heavyweight showdowns that are upcoming. The first one is in Tuscaloosa this week. College game is going to be there. I wish they were in Minneapolis, but they're they're going to be in Tuscaloosa this week. LSU versus Bama. Honestly, two or not, I'm gonna take LSU. I think LSU's been the better team. Yeah, that's I, I, like, I, I don't love LSU's. De- I don't love Bama's defense, and they're gonna deal with Joe Burrow and his crew. And Burrow's been, been slinging dimes and he's already beaten two top tens. And if you count Texas a third, I'm gonna go LSU. That's and surprising. I, I know betting against Saban and, and Saban's house is usually not a good sell, but LSU just looks like the better team. Uh, so I think how I, this is going to shake out. Well, I tend to, I tend to worry about Alabama. Like, or historically, it seems like whenever Alabama's had problems, it's like uh, a running quarterback mm-hmm. that's there. And that's what Joe Burrow is. And Burrow can move. So yeah, that's that's something to be worried about. And then my boys, Notre Dame face Duke. Um, hopefully they win. That's all I say. Can say. <laughs> After last week, I'm sure that that's that's why he's saying he's having the hopefully part that they they escaped against Virginia Tech. Yeah, so that was a good last drive, but the fact that they got to that that point is a bit surprising. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah. So, Twitter plugs. Yep, Twitter.com/slash/beastmike. You can I'll be obviously be posting stuff. Throughout the days on Saturday and Sunday uh, for football stuff. 
Uh, I will be doing the wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, I will be uh, producing the wrestling for Penn State for, for Penn State's uh, 20, inaugural wrestling match for 2019-2020. They will be hoisting yet another banner at the at Brick Hall. That'll be their eighth championship banner in nine years. That is basically college wrestling runs through Penn State. We have maybe the greatest wrestler of all time, Collegiate and Kale Sanderson, as your coach. You probably get why this is happening. But, yeah, that's what I'll be doing pretty much this weekend. And, obviously, I'll be keeping up with uh, the Penn State and Minnesota game. Rich? Uh, make sure you guys um, check out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at richlatter 32 um, Also, check out One Nation Radio, at One Nation Radio. Uh, and, you know, give us a listen on the Social Sports Podcast Network. Yep. We have some big things coming up starting in the mm-hmm. next year. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. No doubt, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice and you can find me at DJD Cooks Russell. Until next time, that was getting the ring. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.